0: Almighty and most gracious Father, plant your word in us. Let us hear this word this day and reflect upon the warnings and the graces that you give to us. That we might know your work more deeply within, and that it might shine forth out of us as your people. Fill us by that very spirit that has been promised, who will purify. Who will take away the dross who will make us more and more into the image of that very son that you sent for us father and it is through that very son's name Jesus Christ that we do pray amen and our collect today is a favorite collect of many people we prayed to the blessed Lord to grant us to hear the scriptures that we would read mark and learn and inwardly digest them and that by patience and comfort of that holy word we would embrace the hope that we would embrace and ever hold fast to the blessed hope of everlasting life if you're listening to our reading from Romans in verse 4 of chapter 15 St. Paul wrote, for whatever was written in the former days was written for our instruction, that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. In many ways, that very verse is the biblical basis of this collect. That all of these scriptures that we hold in our hands in the Bible, that we hear every Sunday, they were written long ago, and yet they come down to us for they were inspired by the Spirit of God Himself, that God Himself gave us these scriptures through various people, through various writers who wrote down what the Lord led them to write. It was written so long ago, and yet it is for our instruction. It is for our benefit. It is for our renewal. And so we pray this collect. Blessed Lord, who caused all holy scriptures to be written for our learning, grant us so to hear them, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest them to take them into ourselves. And in inwardly digesting them, we will learn patience. We will be given comfort from that word so that we can then embrace the hope and hold fast to the blessed hope of that everlasting life that is ours in Christ Jesus. I wanna start out with that word from the collect right now. Because this Sunday, we hear some harsh words from John the Baptist. We often think of Advent as a season of preparation, yes, and we get caught up in jumping straight to kind of celebrating more of Christmas than preparing for Christmas. And because of that fading into the season of Advent, because of our culture, that season of Christmas fading into Advent, we tend to forget the depths of preparation, and we get jarred when we hear about them. Like today, we hear about this repentance, this calling into the wilderness. We hear about the judgment of the Messiah in Isaiah 11. We hear of Christ coming to lay waste to the trees that do not bear fruit for his angels to come and cast the chaff into the fire. If we have ears to hear, we know though that in all of those pictures of the judgment of God against sin in this world, that he has accomplished judgment through Christ. That it is through Christ that judgment comes. And Christ is the one who brings judgment. And so in that regard we know that that judgment is merciful. At the same time as being judging. It becomes merciful because of the work of Christ. That he gives us these warnings. He gives us a stern law to drive us away from our sin. To drive us into the very peace that he has brought to us the peace that He purchased through His death and resurrection that flows out of the forgiveness of sins that come from that very same death and resurrection. And that is in light of that peace that He has created that He calls us into repentance so that we will experience that peace. We are called into repentance because of the peace that Christ has given us so that we can then experience that very peace that He has won for us. And that is what we hear of throughout the Word today. We hear in Isaiah 11 about this coming Messiah. We hear of the judgment to come, but yet in the midst of that judgment, there is peace. Isaiah tells us of a shoot coming forth from the stump of Jesse. A branch from his roots shall bear fruit, and the Spirit of the Lord will rest upon that shoot. The Spirit of the Lord will descend, and that shoot is the Messiah. He is the one who will do the work of the Lord. He will come and do righteous judgments. He will settle disputes by understanding what is truly at stake, by seeing through the lies, by seeing through the people who try to make themselves look better over against others. He will see through all of that and see the truth of the matter and judge righteously, judge with honor. And he will strike the earth with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips he shall kill the wicked, it says. Harsh language to speak of the judgment that will come upon this earth when Christ ultimately returns. That all of those who are not in Christ will, yes, be judged in the final judgment. But what flows out of that final judgment? What flows out of Christ dealing with wickedness completely and totally by returning to this earth? new creation happens peace covers the earth it says the wolf shall dwell with the lamb the leopard shall lie down with the young goat the calf and the lion and the fattened calf together and a little child shall lead them the cow and the bear shall graze their young shall lie down together the lion shall eat straw like the ox the nursing child shall play over the hole of the cobra and the weaned child shall put his hand on the adder's den and they shall not hurt or destroy in all my holy mountain for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters covers the seas the result of Christ's return and his sweeping away sin from this earth totally is that the knowledge of the Lord will cover all of the earth as the waters cover the sea and that knowledge will bring The fullness of peace, shalom, wholeness, completeness into this world. That all of us who have wrestled with sin will finally find total peace in Christ. In that resurrection, in that renewal, in that changing of all things from old into the complete new. That life of repentance that we have walked in the end will finally and totally become a life of peace. For the work of Christ will be made complete in us by our resurrection and by his renewal of all things and by the knowledge of the Lord covering the whole earth. And the holy mountain of the Lord will cover the face of the earth for all places will be where God is. For the whole earth will be fully in his glorious presence to revel in his grace, to revel in his compassion, to revel in his steadfast love and his covenant faithfulness. And Isaiah completes his thought. In that day, the root of Jesse, who shall stand as a signal for the peoples, of him shall the nations inquire, and his resting place shall be glorious. The peoples will be drawn to Christ. And that's where we are right now in the midst of all of this. We are seeing fulfillment of that for we are those peoples. We are the Gentiles. We aren't the Jews who have always had the word of God. We are the Gentiles who have been called into that place who have been called to become part of the people of God, to praise God, and to fill up the numbers that God is calling forth into salvation. And the path toward that is the path that John the Baptist lays before us. As we hear of that peace that is won by the Messiah, we hear of John the Baptist calling us into the wilderness this day. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness Matthew goes on to say, for this is he who is spoken of by the prophet Isaiah when he said the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. John came to call the people into the wilderness, to call them away from complacency, to call them away from that of which they were used to. To take them back into the wilderness, the place of divine discipline and testing, the pace of the place of trials for the people that they would be renewed, that they would be restored by the work of God in them. If you recall, the wilderness was not the place Israel was supposed to go to on their journey to the promised land. When they left Egypt, they went to Mount Sinai, received the covenant, and then they marched forth from there up to the very borders of the promised land. And they sent in 12 spies to see what it looked like. And when those spies came back, the people's hearts shriveled up The people's hearts turned from the Lord, and they said, we can't go in there. We'll be destroyed. Caleb and Joshua, though, said, we're to trust in the Lord. He has called us here, and if he has called us here, he will equip us and send us forth and go before us. Already the fear is there. The people have heard of what Yahweh has done, and yet we must now move forward into this place that God has called us. But the people refuse, and so... God sent them into the wilderness to wander for 40 years while that first generation that left Egypt died out. And the children were raised up. They would be given the gift of entering the land. And so that time in the wilderness was a time of learning, of growth, of testing, of trial. And so John calls the people of Israel, the people of Judea, back to the wilderness to reenact this time of renewal, to reenact this time of testing and trial. get them away from that complacency that they were so used to and bring them into a place of renewal. They were called from what they had been into somewhere new, that they might become what God intended them to become, what he desires for them to become, through trial, through testing, in order to create in them that life of repentance that John calls us to, and repentance from their old ways into the new ways that God is calling us to. And the work of that repentance, as he said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Turn in your minds and in your bodies from your sin. Turn from your sinful deeds, your wickedness. Turn your heart away from the idols that you are drawn to. Prepare the way of the Lord. Make his path straight. Clear the way of the Lord to come to you and to come upon this earth. Matthew reaches back into Isaiah 40 to tell us And explain that prophecy of one crying in the wilderness. This Elijah-like character who is to call the people through the wilderness back into the land. And here, Matthew points to John the Baptist and says, This is the fulfillment of that. This man that you see in the wilderness crying out, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He is the one Isaiah spoke of. He is the one who is calling us to lay flat the earth to bring the mountains down, to lift the valleys up so that Yahweh can come to us and that we can go with Yahweh to where he leads. Isaiah 40 is about Yahweh coming to his people to lead them forth. And so in Matthew applying that verse, that passage to John the Baptist, being the one who cries out for us to make straight the path of Yahweh, who does John then point to as Yahweh? He points to Jesus. Jesus is the one who comes and leads God's people forward. Jesus comes out into that very wilderness to be baptized by John, to take on his people's sins and to then lead them forth as he goes to the cross on our behalf. John points at Jesus as Yahweh in the flesh. Yahweh is the one that we meet in the wilderness. Yahweh is the one who we meet in the wilderness when we encounter Jesus himself in that wilderness. For Jesus has come to us. We don't go to Yahweh. We don't go to Jesus. Jesus comes to us. He brings himself to us in order that we would know him and we would know his Father in heaven. And in that knowing him and encountering him begins that life of repentance, that life of being drawn up and led away from the sin that is in us And toward the God who loves us. The God who brings us peace. The God who has accomplished peace for us that we can then experience and live in. John points us to the path of salvation that is Jesus himself. John doesn't lead the people into the promised land. He doesn't lead them into salvation. He merely points to the path and says that is the way. Jesus is the way forward into repentance. Jesus is the way forward into new life. Jesus is the Joshua as I am the Moses. We always think of John being like Elijah. But in this moment, I want us to think about John being like Moses. Moses is the one who gave the people the law, who brought the law down from the mountain and called them to live a life that is according to the law. That is what John the Baptist does. He calls the people to live according to the law, to know the law, to follow it. To bear fruit in keeping with the repentance that says this law is true, and so in that way, Eli, or John the Baptist is like Moses. But then, what did Moses do? He died before the promised land could be entered, before the fullness of salvation was given to the people of Israel in entering the land. Moses was succeeded by John, or by Joshua. Moses was succeeded by Joshua who then led the people across the Jordan into the promised land. And likewise, when Jesus shows up on the scene and begins his ministry, John begins decreasing as John points people more and more toward Jesus. The day of John the Baptist has ended when Jesus comes onto the scene and replaces him as not only the new Moses, but the one and true Joshua the one who truly leads the people into the kingdom who brings the kingdom in himself to the people joshua led the people into the promised land not moses and likewise jesus leads us into the one true promised land the new creation the place of everlasting life the place of ever of eternal life he leads us into that new place by being the new and true joshua on our behalf and he leads us out of that wilderness that we enter into in order to come to repentance that repentance being that simply turning one's mind simply seeing sin as sin and rejecting it repentance is saying that which i thought was true is not and that which god says is true is true Repentance says the law of God is what I don't want to do. But I'm going to confess that lack of desire and turn to God to change me, turn to God to lead me into his paths, to lead me according to his law, to let that law convict me of the sin that I am committing and to lead me on the path of righteousness, to guide me, to reveal to me the desires that God has for me. To lead me into true repentance by the law, by following Jesus, by being guided by Him. And that's what we see John go on to talk about his true repentance as he calls them to be baptized in the river Jordan, that they confess their sins. And then the Sadducees and the Pharisees come and he calls them into true repentance. He says, Who warned you that there was wrath coming? Who warned you to flee? If you're going to come here and be in my presence and come and be baptized by me, bear fruit that follows with that repentance. Bear fruit that grows out of that repentance. Don't just say, I repent. Don't just say, I'm a sinner, and then go back to your old way of life. That is not what this is about. If you've come out into this wilderness to confess your sins, go forward in this wilderness rejecting those sins you've confessed. Go forth following the Messiah. And live a life of repentance that bears fruit. Don't say we have Abraham as our father. God is able from these stones to raise up children for Abraham. God goes forth to create his own new people. As he brings us into true repentance and out of the wilderness. He has made us his children. He has raised us up from the rocky ground that was all around John the Baptist. Because he's doing a word play into Aramaic. It doesn't come through into Greek. But they would have been speaking Aramaic as their native tongue there, but amongst themselves. And the word for sons and the word for stones sound a lot alike in Aramaic and Hebrew. The word for children, for son, is Ben. And the word for stones is Eben. So don't say we have Abraham as your father. For I tell you, God is able to raise up from these ebens to raise up bends for Abraham. that he can take from these stones and create children. And that is what we hear of God doing in the book of Romans. In Romans 15, he calls forth the Gentiles to follow him. And that is what God has promised to do. To not just save Israel, but to save the Gentiles and make them one with Israel. To make them one with his people as he calls them into true repentance, as he brings them into true repentance out of that wilderness, he unites them together so that they will be one. So that they will all praise the Lord. That they will extol him and rejoice in the hope that they have been given. That they would rejoice in the joy that they have been given. That they would be rejoicing in the peace that they have been given that Christ has won for them. And the Messiah comes and judges our hearts and judges us as sinners in order that we would be driven into His forgiveness. He comes and brings judgment that we would know His peace through that judgment. He strips us down so that we would know Him better. He strips away that which makes us indifferent, that which makes us complacent and calls us into his peace through repentance. He calls us away from what we once were into what he has made us into. That is the work of Jesus for us. That is why it is hard to hear that word of repentance because that word of repentance means dying to how we are in ourselves. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. God's reign is coming over all who will receive him. So repent and receive him. Repent from your rejection of this God who desires to bring renewal to the face of the earth. Repent and participate in that renewal. Repent and be part of that renewal. Repent and be renewed in yourself by being placed in the Messiah, in the Christ who has come. By being placed in Jesus. And in that you will know the peace of God. You will know the peace that he brings forth through his death and resurrection. As he bore our judgment, he brings us peace through that judgment. And we see that fullness every day as we draw near and confess our sins and receive the absolution. As we are reminded that we have been forgiven for the sake of Christ. As we are reminded that we are baptized into Christ. That we are united to him and thus receive who he is. That we receive what he has That he has peace with God for us. That he has the righteousness of God and gives it to us. That he has the love of God and the steadfast covenant faithfulness of God and gives it to us through himself. And in repentance, we receive all of that. And in turning from what we once were to what we are becoming. We will walk that path through the wilderness, following Christ our Lord. And so may we follow this very Jesus who has met us in the wilderness, whose forerunners and whose law calls us into the wilderness, that we would be changed. And then calls us forth to follow him back into the world, back into the promised land, back toward the place of ultimate salvation. He calls us forward with him in repentance so that we will walk this path behind Him, knowing that He is going before us, knowing that He has already gone before us to make salvation possible. And So this day, repent, and with faith, turn to our Lord Jesus. Turn and receive the peace that He has won for us, and experience it through repentance. Experience it through turning from yourself and turning more and more to Christ Himself who has saved you from your very sins. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.